you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Speck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice-monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom. How to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck. Please remember this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your financial advisor or investment specialist before you make any changes to your investment policy or stocks or bonds or real estate you may own. I am not an investment advisor. I am simply talking about what I'm doing and our investments for your entertainment purposes. This is Hank for Shrink Money Advice and uh, Happy New Year to you. This is uh, Monday, uh, January 2nd, 2023. So in keeping with our new um, sort of approach, we're hoping to drop every Monday so you should be able to um, listen to the podcast every Monday and down the road we'll be changing the name. I think I talked about that last time and I'll give you a little more detail about that today. The idea of a new year when it comes to you know, taking care of your money and, and taking care of what you work so hard for. Really, we, we often talk about, you know, what's your New Year's resolution uh, for finances and what do you need to do? And, and one of the, I'm just going to throw some things out there, what, what I think are perhaps helpful or not, uh, but at least something to get you started. The first really has to do with um, coaches. And I, I was, I, every time I'm on the treadmill, I listen to these uh, coaches. And one of the things I was talking to some people about and a good colleague, friend, business partner of mine, and we both pretty much agreed that if someone is, uh, you know, under the age of 55, we pretty much don't need to listen to them. Because there has been so many things happen today um, that are similar to a time when we were involved in investing in real estate and other things. And interest rates were 10, 15, all the way up to 22%. So that's a really significant thing, you know, as far as what happens. And young supposed experts don't have a clue, and they still don't have a clue. I listened to one today, and it's it's the one by, uh, uh, I think his name's Erwin Zetto. I'm not sure what his name is, but he had a guest on there who said you know he's investigating investing on in alberta and he's got some great properties and they cash flow anywhere from minus two hundred dollars to plus 150. And i'm on a treadmill thinking why on earth would you want someone to do that kind of deal and then then the discussion went on and they talked about how coaching helps them get clients and clients these clients are people who they can either get them to give them money for investments or buy their products buy their properties and buy their coaching programs so when you hear this you think what what are you thinking you're you're so bold and brash not only are you doing it you're telling us what you're doing you're you're collecting people who have no experience in real estate you're giving them a one-sided view of it and then you're selling products to them that you have that you're trying to unload or you think would help you in your business endeavor. Now, if I'm wrong or off base here, perhaps someone could uh, correct me. But that's how I heard it today when I was on the treadmill. So a couple of things I wanted to throw out there. Um, 
I, w I was thinking as I was hearing this back in uh, probably 1987 when I started. Was it 87? No, actually, it was probably earlier than that. It was probably in the early 80s, about 40 years ago. I didn't do any coaching. I didn't have anybody trying to sell me products. I mean, it was a hard knock because you got to learn from your mistakes, and it's tougher, perhaps. But the point came as I was listening on the treadmill was, who can you trust? And, you know, with everything that's been going on, when, when you look at the FTX thing and, you know, the whole lack of due diligence, I mean... I don't know about you, but I still can't believe the pension plans invested in FTX, like the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. These people are supposed to be, you know, stewards of money. They're supposed to be taking care of it, as you would take care of that, uh, you know, that tree in your front yard that you care about, or or whatever it may be, an object that you're going to, you know, make sure is okay. In this case, it would be your retirement. So it really reinforced some things we've always talked about that. Um, if you have a pension coming, don't count on it. Give yourself some backup plans just in case, um, you know, the knuckleheads that uh, look after your money. And I, I would imagine anyone who invested in FTX in a pension plan is an expert uh, who's probably in his 30s or 40s. So just, just be mindful of that when you think about what's happening today. And if something's, you know, negatively cash flowing or barely cash flowing, it's not a good investment. And... And this really comes to the theme. There's only one theme I have, and, and this is one that I find challenging, is to wait. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to invest in anything. You don't have to buy any buildings. You don't have to buy any stocks. You don't have to do anything. You can wait. You can just live below your income, so meaning you're saving money every paycheck or every time you um, pull some money from your company. Uh, live on less than you earn and save the rest. Put it in a you know, 30-day Canada Treasury bill, so it's guaranteed. You probably get about three and a half points today. Um, and don't be in a hurry. Now, now, part of the problem is people look at that and they say, well, I've been studying for years and I've never bought an investment. And, and even so, this is not the time to suddenly be bold, I think. It's time to just sit back and wait. And Warren Buffett said it best when he said, um, you know, it's not like baseball where you have to swing. You know, they're going to throw strikes and you're out. You can stand at the plate for like as long as you want and you're never out you don't have to swing at every pitch or any pitch you can decide and that's kind of you know my theme i'm talking to myself here because i generally tend to go after things pretty aggressively when it comes to that so i'm i'm learning a lot uh the other thing that just you know sort of blew me away about 2022 was uh, that we sold six properties throughout that time frame if you had told me that two or three years ago, I would have said, there's no way. These are lifetime holds, blah, blah, blah. But times change, and people um, were providing offers that were way above what I thought the value of these properties were. So we sold. The last one was just recently, the end of November. Uh, don't plan on selling anymore, um, but you never know what happens out there. So the theme is to wait. Uh, don't be in a hurry. There's, a, there's no reason that you need to, you know, to try to chase something uh, because there really it's uncertainty right now. You know, if you have a plan, stick with that plan, whatever it may be, but it's not the time to start a new one. Uh, so I continue to plug away at, I think I've talked about European residential REIT, though you're probably nauseous about it. Um, very difficult to get stock in Goodfellow because it rarely trades. It's one of those very thin, thinly traded stocks. And so that's becoming a challenge. 
But other than that, I'm not doing anything right now. Um, the second part and the final part of this podcast is to talk a little bit about the book I'm working on and the change in the podcast format. And to give you a little more detail, um, for the past probably three official years, but about five years, Mary and I have been, you know, converting our farm back over to nature and to um, basically a honeybee sanctuary for research and also for business purposes to see how this type of setup can be expanded across the country and eventually across the world. So it's become quite a passion project. I also do a podcast called uh, Wildflower Bee Farm, and you can go listen to some of the latest uh, um, happenings there. But one thing I learned by watching the bees was how a successful hive can teach us many lessons about investing. And so as this podcast is titled, I wrote a book some years ago, probably 13 years ago, called Shrink Money Advice, and updated it, I believe, three years ago, where we changed the title and so on, and really wrote that for my kids. And this one I'm writing, the new one I'm writing, is is, uh, is called What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment. And I just want to talk briefly about the help your environment piece. So in this book, I've, I just finished the first draft of it. There's 10 lessons from a successful beehive. And one of them has to do with the environment. And and here's where I'm going with that. So when you watch a, a honeybee hive and the bees out working in flowers, bees don't purposely try to help or fix the environment. What bees are trying to do is survive. And that's probably one of the biggest themes of a successful hive is sustainability or survival, which not surprisingly Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger say is the most important thing in investing. You know, don't lose money and survive and be sustainable. So when the, when the bee sort of goes into a flower to get some pollen or nectar, it stumbles and bumbles around and accidentally will rub some pollen from the same species of plant it just visited. Because it will, say if it's working clover, it'll work clover for that time period. Now, accidentally by doing that, the uh, more seeds will be available and you know fertile to plant or to fall on the ground and grow and so that the next generation next year will have more flowers to get nectar and pollen and the chances of survivability increase and sustainability but they don't do it on purpose it's an accident it's an accident that helps them but it's not like they wake up in the morning and say i'm going to do all this work so i can make more seeds pollinate and that's good for the clover so long story short uh, one of the themes of the book has to do with um, companies that just happen to do things for the environment that make them more profitable and make them more successful, but they don't do it on purpose. Uh, probably one of the most important things I learned from them would be that one and also the issue of sustainability. Because we're always chasing it, right? It's always, what, what return can I get? What return can I get versus the risk and so on? But for the honeybees and for successful investors, it's all about survival and sustainability. So I look forward to giving you more information on that. Remember, every Monday, the podcast will be downloaded as we change the name probably a month or two from now. You'll be included and you'll just get a different name. So open it up and uh, listen away and look forward to Talking to you again next Monday. This is Hank with Shrink Money Advice. Have an amazing week. You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. 
Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at awesound.com. That's A-W-E sound.com. 